بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد أخرج الإمام أحمد عن أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه أن عبد الرحمن بن عوف رضي الله تعالى عنهما قدم المدينة فآخى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بينه وبين سعد بن الربيع الأنصاري رضي الله عنه فقال له سعد أي أخي أنا أكثر أهل المدينة مالا فانظر شطر مالي فخذه وتحت امرأتان فانظر أيتهما أعجب إليك حتى أطلقها فقال عبد الرحمن بارك الله لك في أهلك ومالك دلوني على السوق فدلوه فذهب فاشترى وباع فربح فجاء بشيء من إقط وسمن ثم لبث ما شاء الله أن يلبث فجاء وعليه ردع زعفران فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هيم فقال يا رسول الله تزوجت امرأة قال ما أصدقتها قال وزن نوات من ذهب قال أولم ولو بشات قال عبد الرحمن رضي الله تعالى عنه فلقد رأيتني, فلقد رأيتني ولو رفعت حجرا لرجوت أن أصيب ذهبا وفضة كذا في البداية As we mentioned previously, my respected brothers, the purpose and objective of this ta'aleem of Hayat al-Sahaba which is taking place on these nights is for every one of us to make this intention, insha'Allah, particularly those that are linked to the work of da'wat and tabligh, that how we can, on a daily basis, on a daily basis make in our infiradi ta'aleem, ta'aleem of Hayat al-Sahaba. Allah Ta'ala commands Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A lot of times we say, when we talk of the work of Dawud and Tabligh, that this is established from Sunnah. A lot of times you'll hear brothers in the making elan or when they give bayans, our Jamaat Satis, they mention that uh, the object of the work is to, that this work is established from Sunnah. It is established from the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then you will get those that object to that. That way in Sunnah is this, way in Sunnah is that, etc. So this is why particularly for those that are engaged and involved in the work, that they must read Hayat al-Sahaba. Because then you will get that inner depth and that inner understanding and you will get that conviction, what we call Shari Sadar. Allah Ta'ala when He commands Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Qur'an, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ بَصِيرَةٍ أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعْنِي وَسُبْحَانَ وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ That tell them, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي This is my road. Mufassirin in the tafsir of Sabil, in this context, they say, A maqsadu hayati, a wadifatu hayati. This is the object and the wazifa of my life. Ad'u ilallah, I invite to Allah, I give da'wah to Allah. But we find that Allah Ta'ala mentions, ala basiratin, I give da'wah to Allah with basirat. And from this we learn one important lesson that when you do the work of Dawat and Tabligh, do the work with Basirat. Now what does Basirat mean? One common 
translation or explanation that's given for it is with conviction. When you give dawat, you must give dawat with conviction. This was one of the qualities of Mona Yusuf Sahib Rahmatullahi. And this is the shan or the shi'ar of a da'i that wherever he is, he doesn't get affected by the environment. It doesn't get by affected. Sometimes you find a person, mashallah, you take him on one street corner, he's giving da'wah with a lot of josh. Take the same person to meet one businessman or in one fancy home. And the same person now, he, he becomes reticent. He's not able to give his da'wah because he gets affected by the environment where he finds himself. And this goes against the shan of a da'i. A da'i is speaking of Allah's greatness and Allah's greatness supersedes everything. So he should not be affected by the environment where he is. This is why our elders say, give da'wah wherever you are to whoever you are, beating. And do not be affected. And we find this quality was resplendent in the life of Mala Yusuf There's one karguzari given about him that once Prior to an ishtima in Pakistan, they gathered all the ministers and all the main politicians. And then they told Mahishusabhrahmatullahi to address this gathering. So as is the protocol in this type of gathering, prior to Mahishusabhrahmatullahi's talk, they began introduction. This is Minister of Water Affairs, Minister of Electricity, Minister of this, whatever the portfolio was. This is Minister of this, Minister of that, etc. So when the time came for Mahayusu Sahib to speak, he stood up and he said that just now introduction took place. They said that this is Minister of this, Minister of this, Minister of this. He said, Mujhe kuch samaj He said, I didn't understand anything. It would have been better if you had said, this is a dog, this is a monkey, this is a donkey. I would possibly have understood more. He said, Sahaba ka ta'aruf is bunyad par kabhi nahi hua. The introduction of Sahaba never ever took place on this basis, that what is your worldly portfolio or what is your worldly standing. Sahaba's introduction took place, this was a Badri Sahabi, this was a Sahabi who accepted Islam before Hijrat. This is a sahabi of Hudaybiyah, this is a sahabi of Fatih Makkah. In other words, the ta'aruf and introduction of sahaba took place on the basis of what qurbani and sacrifice for deen they did. Mahishu began his talk like this and then he gave three hours da'wat after that to those ministers. So this is where a da'i never ever gets influenced or affected by the environment in which he is in. Because the one who he is calling to is far superior than whatever is there. So this is one of the meanings of basirat, conviction. And another meaning, which is pertinent to what we're discussing, that Mufassirin give of Allah says, Ad'u ilallahi ala basira. That I invite towards Allah with basirat, with understanding. With understanding. And that is what will come by reading Hayat al-Sahaba. For example, Mahishu Sallallahu has got chapter, the Dawud the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave to one person. The Dawud the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave to two people. 
the times when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made jamaats to three people, the time when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent letters or epistles to the rulers. Now for example, somebody may come, you know this khususi gush that takes place, infiradi gush that takes place, where you're getting it from? So if Hayat al-Sahaba is in front of us, if the seerah of Rasulullah is in front of us, then automatically Allah will give you that understanding that this is coming directly from the seerah of Rasulullah This is established directly from sunnah. And then that person, then you are able to do the work with conviction in heart. So this is why my respected brother is very, very important. All of us make this niyat inshallah. That part of our infiradi talim daily we'll read. Like I said, it doesn't have to be half an hour, one hour, 15 minutes too. But every day. Read the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Read the lives of Sahaba Ikram. There's great noor in that. There's great perception in that. And there's great understanding in that. And one thing is very, very important is that we have to always have this thirst for knowledge. I always give this example. You notice with our Mastura Jamaats. And the ladies come out for the first time in the path of Allah. In 72 hours, you'll notice in the Mastura Jamaat, within three days, they will learn one hadith pertaining to each of the six qualities. In the first three days, they'll learn one incident pertaining to each of the six qualities. And the men's jamaat, sometimes a person goes out for 40 days. In the end of 40 days, you ask him, by what's the six qualities? He doesn't even know that properly. Because this realization or this importance or this perception or this understanding that I need to increase my deeny knowledge, I need to acquire the knowledge of deen, that is not there. In the beginning, mashallah, many of us, the thirst was there. But once we get used to it, as the time passes, I always say this, you ask a brother, he's in tabliq for the last 30, 40 years, by what's the virtue of the first kalima? You tell your person who reads the first kalima hundred times a day, his face will shine like the 14th full moon, as if there is no other virtue for the first kalima. So many years you are in the work, why is it that this desire to increase your dini knowledge is not there? Somebody stands up and he gives the six qualities, comes to the third point, ilm and zikr. Learn one masla of deen, you'll get the reward of hundred rakats of nafil salah. Learn one chapter of deen, you'll get the reward of 1,000 rakats of nafil salah. We will say that every day in the six points muzakara. But that does not, for some reason, with majority of us, illa mashallah, it's not translating itself into this understanding that I have to get that reward. From yesterday to today, what masla did I learn? From yesterday to today, what chapter of deen did I learn? Brothers are in etikaf, sunnat etikaf. You're spending ten days devoted in the masjid. Yet if you ask the brother in etikaf after the ten days, by ten days you were devoted in the masjid, what, what did you learn? What incident from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu What dua did you learn? What hadith did you learn? The sad reality is he'll tell you I didn't learn anything. Didn't learn anything is not the problem. The fact that the perception of the lost is not there, that is the problem.
One person traveled from Medina several hundred kilometers to meet a muhaddith because he wanted to hear hadith from this person. And not just hadith that he didn't know, it's hadith that he knew. Why he wanted to hear from him? Because this person had heard it one chain up. So in other words, closer to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So the hadith used to be passed on from one person to the next person, next generation. So when it was, when the silsila, when the chain of interpretation or passing it on is one less, then obviously the standard is higher. So just to remove one person from the chain, he travels several hundred kilometers to hear hadith from the sheikh, from the muhaddis, which he already knew. So when he reached him, he said, I want to hear this hadith from you. So he said, no, not, not for free. I'm not just going to let you listen to a hadith like that, not for free. He said, okay, what is your charge? So he said, I want you to fast, keep nafil fast for one year. Keep nafil fast for one year, then I will let you listen to this hadith. This person gladly accepted the condition and he fasted for one year just to listen to one hadith of Rasulullah This was when that true thirst of knowledge was there in the ummah. So my respected brothers, this time Allah Ta'ala has brought us in the masjid, in this environment, particularly our satis of tabligh, those that are, mashallah, a lot of return for four months, brothers that are out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, never ever become complacent when it comes to acquiring the knowledge of deen. Every day there must be this thirst, there must be this drive within us to increase our knowledge. Obviously from authentic sources. One very great, easy method is like I said, this ta'aleem. One is the collective ta'aleem we sit in and over and above that, books of seerah, the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, hayatu sahaba, etc. Read it. Sayyid Khan sahabah, you say to the ulama, that if you want to understand this work of Dawud and tabligh, then you have to read hayatu sahaba from cover to cover ten times. Three volumes, cover to cover, ten times, then only the understanding will come. This incident which we have, this rewired which we have just read, is under the chapter Babun Nusra, chapter which deals with Nusrat. We always hear these terms, Hijrat and Nusrat. Hijrat is the Muhajireen. The Sahaba that lived in Makkah Mukarramah, they made Hijrat. And what was that Hijrat? Not 40 days and 4 months. They had to leave Makkah forever. They left Makkah, they left their families. If the husband had accepted Islam and the wife hadn't accepted Islam, then the husband left the wife for the rest of his life. Or the other way around. They left their children that hadn't accepted Islam. They left their homes, they left their businesses, they, they gave up everything. And they made hijrah to Madinah Munawara. So when they went to Madinah Munawara, all they had was the clothing on their back, nothing else. So the Ansar of Madinah, the residents of Madinah, they made Nusrat. And when we talk of Nusrat of Jamaats, we talk of spending on Jamaats, etc., all this is taken directly from the practice that was established in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa established what we call muakhat. This Arabic term muakhat comes from the word ukhuwa, which means brotherhood. He established the brotherhood of Islam, but not the brotherhood like how you and I understand it. What we understand brothers, in other words, blood relations. Uncle, auntie, brother, sister, etc., blood relations. Nabi Islam made them into brothers, but not on the basis of lineage. He made them brothers on the basis of Iman. And Sahaba's Iman was of that level. Today, if you look, blood brothers are not talking to one another. There is so much of strife, so much of disunity, what we call nafrat, dislike for one another, hatred for one another, looking down upon one another. Our Kabirin say, they say nowadays, hum nafrat ko palte hai. They say we, we nurture nafrat, we nurture hatred for one another. We're not, not prepared to let go, we're not prepared to clean the heart. Like how people rear and pick up, bring up their children, we rear and bring up nafrat and hatred. Whereas in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu we learn on the Mubarak nights like Laylatul Qadr, etc. Four categories of people, their du'as are suspended. Allah keeps back their acceptance until they make tawbah. And what's the four categories? Mudminu Khamar, the one who is habitual of liquor. Walidei, the one who has broken the heart of his parents. And the second two categories are dealing with this cleanliness of the heart. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Qati Rahim, the one who severs family ties. And Mushahin. Mushahin means the one who has hatred in his heart. Dabba ilaykum da al umami qablakum al hasad wal baghda. Rasulullah said, The nations of the past were destroyed because of mutual jealousy and hatred. And then Nabi went on to say, He said, Al baghda hi al haliqa. He said, Mutual hatred, mutual hatred for one another. This is Haliqa. Haliqa in Arabic, like those of us who have been in Saudi Arabia and places, Arab, Arab countries, and you, after you take your Aram out, you're looking for a barber shop, you'll see Halaqa. Halaqa means a barber, one who shaves. So Nabi Islam said this Baghda, hatred in the heart, this is Haliqa. It's like a razor. Ama innahu la. La tahliku sha'ar. Sir, I'm not referring to the razor that cuts the hair. But Nabi Sallallahu said, this mutual hatred, tahliku deen, will cut your deen off. It will shave your deen off at the roots. It will, whatever nur of iman and deen you have in you will be destroyed if you keep nafrat and hatred in the heart. So this fasting of the month of Ramadan, one very, very important objective of this fasting, my respected brothers, is to clean the heart. Dirt is something that always gathers. Look at this masjid also, the staff, how many times they have to clean? Keep vacuuming, you'll see. You'll see. 
You have to keep cleaning. Clean and five minutes later again it's dirty. So the heart is like that also. Looking at the bad eye with this one, getting upset with that one, getting upset with this one, getting angry at this one, getting irritated with that one. It will keep happening. And this is a mujahada to keep cleaning. You'll have to keep cleaning. Illa man bin salim so that you meet Allah with a clean heart. Today, unfortunately, to keep the heart clean is not even regarded as a dini practice. Whereas, wallah, my respected brothers, this is not just a dini practice, this is more superior than making tahajjud every night and fasting every day. To have a clean heart. It's more difficult. The reward is greater. Katpat differences, disputes, this will always happen. And we find that more often than not, my respected brothers, it starts off in families. Before outsiders in own families. You see it today, how many blood brothers are not talking to one another. Relatives not talking to one another. And yet the hadith of Qudsi, Nabi Wasallam said, that family ties was given a physical form. What that form is, Allah knows best. He said, Mu'allakum bil arsh. Rahim, family ties, is attached to the arsh of Allah. And family ties implores Allah that, Ya Allah, the one who will preserve me, you preserve him. And Ya Allah, the one who breaks me, you break him. Constantly it is making dua right at the arsh of Allah. Like I said, more often than not, the disputes, disputes, arguments will start at family level. That is why in the Quran, in great detail, the first dispute that took place is mentioned. And that dispute took place between two brothers, the sons of Adam alayhi salam, Habil and Qabil. And what it was over? The root of it was jealousy. We find that for procreation, Allah Ta'ala made it such that each year, Adam and Hawa would have one pair of twins would be born. One male and one female. The next year, another male and female. The female that was born with you that year, in other words, your sister, that was born this year, marriage between the two was not allowed. Obviously for humanity to carry on, this year's brother could marry next year's sister, and that next year's sister could marry this year's brother. The girl or the sister that was born with Qabil was very beautiful. The one that was born with Habil was not so beautiful. So Qabil, that was one form, one basis of why he was upset with his brother. Another basis is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them to give sadaqah, to give charity. Qabil was a farmer by trade. He was involved in agriculture, so he took his most inferior crop. He said, I'm giving it away, so he looked for the most inferior. In those days, what they would do, the sadaqah used to be put on a high ground. If a fire came down and burnt it, it was accepted. If the fire never came, it wasn't accepted. So obviously, 
his heart wasn't clean, he didn't give the best. He gave his most inferior crop, he never got accepted. His brother Habil used to rear animals. So he gave his best, most prized animal. And that animal was accepted. So all this caused the discord and the hatred and the jealousy to build up in the heart of Qabil against his brother. Now this incident is mentioned in great detail in the Quran for one reason. The reason Ulama Ikram gives, they say this was the first family. One is Allah Ta'ala is issuing the warning that disputes will start at family level. So be very, very careful. The second reason Ulama Ikram gives, they say this was the first family. So for the rest of humanity till Qiyamah, the sunnah of Allah is explained in this. That how will Allah deal with you when these disputes happen, which inevitably, illa mashallah, will happen. When they happen, which camp do you want to belong to? Do you want to belong to Habil's camp or to Qabil's camp? This choice is given. What Habil did and what Qabil did. Qabil, it got to a point where he decided to murder his brother. How did Habil react? That whole incident in detail is mentioned in the Quran. Habil told his brother, لَإِن بَسَطْتَ إِلَيَّ يَدَكَ لِتَقْتُلَنِي مَا أَنَا بِبَاسِطِ يَدِيَ إِلَيْكَ لِأَقْتُلَكَ إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهَ رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ إِنِّي أُرِيدُ أَن تَبُوءَ بِإِثْمِي وَإِثْمِكَ فَتَكُونَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّارِ وَذَلِكَ جَزَاءُ الظَّالِمِينَ Habil told his brother, his brother raised his hand to strike at him. So he said, لَإِن بَسَطْتَ إِلَيَّ يَدَكَ لِتَقْتُلَنِي My brother, you have raised your weapon against me in order to kill me. مَا أَنَا بِبَاسِتِ يَدِيَ إِلَيْكَ لِأَقْتُلَكَ I will not... I will not strike back at you. Why? Inni akhafullah rabbal alameen. I fear Allah who is rabbal alameen. You are my brother, I will forgive you, I will not strike back at you. I don't want revenge. But I am warning you, my brother. If you carry on with what you are choosing to do now, antabu'a bi ithmi wa ithmik, you will carry your sin and you will carry my sin. فَتَكُونَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّارِ And you will be a resident of hellfire. وَذَلِكَ جَزَاءُ الظَّالِمِينَ And this is how Allah pays back. This is Allah's retribution for those who will make zulam. So when in dealing with your family members, what is the sabak of Habil and Qabil? What is the sabak of the Qur'an? Don't be a zalim. Don't be the oppressor. Never ever oppress your family members. And if your family member turns against you, what was the sunnah of Habil? Not to take revenge, to take the short end of the stick. What happened? Qabil murdered his brother. Allah elevated Habil. Allah reproduced his conversation in the Quran. Allah reproduced his advice in the Quran. The animal of the sadaqah of Habil. Ibn Kasir rahimullah mentions in the riwayat, that animal was accepted by Allah, it was taken up to Jannat, it was reared in Jannat. And when Ibrahim salam placed the neck on, placed the knife on the neck of Ismail, blindfolded, Allah Ta'ala sent Jibreel salam to move Ismail out of the way, 
and the same animal of Qabil was sent back to the earth to become the sacrifice of Ibrahim a.s. To that extent, Allah elevated Habil, the son of Adam a.s. And Qabil, the one who was the zalim, the one who broke family ties, the one who murdered his brother, the one who went against his family, Rasulullah said, every murder that will be committed by any human being till Qiyamah, the sin of it will go on Qabil. So this choice we are given. This choice we are given. That when dealing with your family and by extension your fellow Muslims, do you want to be the Zalim in the camp of, of Qabil or do you want to be the Muslim in the camp of Habil? This choice you have. Allah's sunnah is already explained how Allah Ta'ala will deal with each one. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told the Sahaba Ikram, he asked them, That ayyu ural islami awthaq Ayyu ural islami awthaq What this means, very hard to translate this, but the crux or the nature of it is that, oh my sahaba, which is the most powerful, greatest, most binding pillar of Islam upon which the very edifice and the foundation of Islam rests. How pertinent this question was, we can gauge from the answers Sahaba gave. One Sahabi stood up and said, Salah. One said, Jihad. One said, Fasting. One said, Hajj. Each time Nabi Islam said, Very good what you are saying, but I am not referring to that. Then they said, Ya Rasulullah, you tell us. So he said, Inna awthaqa ural Islam. The most binding most powerful, most fundamental holding force and edifice of Islam, Al-Hubbu Fillah Wal-Bughdu Fillah To love for Allah's sake and to hate for Allah's sake. In other words, let it go. Let it go for Allah's sake. My brother didn't consult me when proposal came for his daughter, so I'm not going to talk to him for the rest of his life. How often we hear things like this? I propose for my sister's daughter. She's not a piece of meat. She's a human being. She didn't want... That, that girl didn't like your son for whatever reason. Probably told her mother she don't want to get married. So what he says, I won't talk to my sister for the rest of life. She insulted me. Sometime over some property. Sometime over some inheritance. Sometime over some silly dispute. Two brothers that drank milk from the breast of the same woman, grew up in the same house and not talking to one another. Islam does not tolerate this type of thing. Allah's Rasulullah in the mafum of the hadith is when your family deals badly with you. When your family deals badly with you, this is not something to get upset about. Wallah, it is an opportunity. When your family mistreats you or doesn't fulfill your right or deals badly with you, Wallah, this is an opportunity for you to earn your Jannat. This is not something to get upset about. This will happen. When I say to earn your Jannat, what kind of Jannat? What does Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? 
Sadiqul Masduq, the seven heavens and the seven earth can come to an end. Not one word of lie passed through the lips of Rasulullah He said, I offer you three things, my ummah. Who is offering Nabi What is What is the offer? He said, Man ahabba an yumadda lahu fi umrihi. Listen to the three things. One is, Nabi said, any one of you who wants barakat in his life, he wants a long life. By long life in hadith means barakat. Peaceful, happy, good life. Who doesn't want that? Any person you ask them, you say, I want barakat in my life. So Nabi says, anyone who wants barakat in his life, yubsatalahu fi rizqihi, he wants barakat in his risk, in his earning, in his livelihood. That also everybody wants. And the third thing, anybody you meet today, especially elderly people, Allah, Allah paak mujhe buri mot se bacha de. Allah buri mot se bacha. Allah save me from a bad death. Allah save me from a bad death. Anybody, naturally, as they get older, this becomes a concern. I must get a good death. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Oh my ummati, I offer you three things. Allah will give you barakat in your life, barakat in your risk, and you will be saved from a bad death. What must you do for this? Ajeeb. What did Nabi sallallahu say? فَلْيَتَّقِ He said, fear Allah and in dealing with your family members, take the short end of the stick. Become the oppressed one. Don't demand your right. Let it go. Don't, don't get revenge. In the face of their ill-treatment, smile and treat them nicely. Rasulullah says, preserve family ties and Allah will give you barakat in your life, barakat in your risk and He will save you from a bad death. What more do you want? This is why ill-treatment Today we get upset, angry. Look at how he spoke to me. In fact, you tell, very often I give this example, you tell somebody, Why? stay awake last ten nights, Ramadan, whole night. He said, no problem. Then the day after Eid, go and tell the same person who stayed awake for ten nights in Ramadan, that listen, you know that person who shouted at you, go and smile at him and give him hadiyah. What he'll say? He'll say, I'll stay awake another ten nights. That I'll do, but what you're telling me to do, I'm not prepared to do that. This is harder. But the jannat of this is greater. The reward of this is greater. Taking the short end, Wallah, my respected brother, is having a clean heart. Not condemning, not looking down upon others. Having this cleanliness of heart, this is not something that will give you jannat, this will give you firdos, the highest jannat. Because this is a daily mujahada to clean this heart, clean this heart, clean this heart. Let go of the hatred, let go of the dislike, let go of the nafrat. The most binding force of Islam, al-hubb fillah, to love for Allah's sake. Time is running out, but just very briefly, we see this example of the type of brotherhood that Nabiya Pak established among Sahaba Ikram. Abdurrahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala arrived in Medina. What was he? Today's terms a refugee. Somebody run, leaves his birthplace and comes to another country, another place is a refugee. Today the whole world looks down upon refugees, they tarnish them. They are outsiders. 
the refugee becomes prosperous, then the local population, their hearts are filled with even more hatred against them. So those that made hijrah from Makkah in Medina were refugees. But look at the response, look at the reaction. Abdurrahman bin Awf radiallahu anhu came to Medina. So Nabi Salaam established brother of brotherhood between him and Saad bin Rabi Ansari. Saad bin Rabi was an Ansari. In fact, according to Behaqi's Dalai Nubuat Rewayat, the first six Sahaba from Medina Munawwara, first six from Yathrib, that brought Iman on the hands of Rasulullah in the 11th year of Nubuat in Mina. Abu Haytham bin Tehan, Ubadah bin Samit, Saad bin Rabi, As'ad bin Zurara, Abdullah bin Rawaha, and Haritha bin Nu'man radiallahu anhu. Amongst that first six was Saad bin Rabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Now contextualize this. Abdurrahman bin Auf, Saad bin Rabi. These were two complete strangers. Abdurrahman bin Auf all his life was in Makkah. Saad bin Rabi all his life was in Medina. When Abdurrahman bin Auf made hijrat, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam called Saad bin Rabi and said, listen, from today, Abdurrahman is your brother. Not father and mother same. Total strangers, but brotherhood on the basis of Islam and Iman. What was the reaction? فَقَالَ لَهُ سَعَدْ سَعَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى نُتُولْ عَبْدُرْحْمَانَ بِنْ أَوْفِ اَيْ أَخِي اَوْ مَيْ بْرَدَى اَنَا أَكْثَرُ أَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ مَالًا In the whole of Medina, you won't find anybody with more money than I have. I am the richest man of Medina. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that you are my brother, so from today, half my wealth belongs to you. فَانْذُرْ شَطْرَ مَا لِي لَكَ what? This was the Al-Hubbu Fillah, love for Allah's sake, sacrifice for Allah's sake. Where your own personal consideration and feelings are put one side. Iman and deen, Allah is put in front. This was the type of Iman that Sahaba had. History cannot produce a parallel like this. Blood brothers over one small piece of land will not talk to one another. These were not blood brothers. These were brothers in the sake of, for the sake of Islam. He said, half my wealth, I'm giving it to you. وَتَحْتِي إِمْرَاتَانَ And I have two wives. فَانْذُرْ إِيَّتَهُمَا أَعْجَبَ إِلَيْكَ You choose which one you prefer. I will divorce her after it that you get married to her. Very often I say this, Sahaba were not like you and I. Somebody tells us, listen, I'm prepared to give you half. We'll say we want the whole thing. Like the other day someone... Mentioned one joke, they said this, this, this guy, he went to somebody and he said, this guy was selling a wheelbarrow. So he said, how much you want? So he said, one hundred rand. He said, listen, boss, you know what, hundred rand. Take it easy, you know, recently my wife was sick, medical bills I had, no money. So he said, alright, I'll give you for fifty rand. He said, last week my daughter fell, she broke her leg. I had to take her to hospital, going through a very hard time. He said, I take it for free. He said, I no problem, deliver it to my address. So that's what we are. If somebody says, we'll give you a half, he say, take the whole thing. Sahaba, they had the shan of what we call istighnayat. Istighnayat, independence. Fa'asalukum alayhim in ajra'illah alallah. I want nothing from you, I will only take from Allah. So Abdurrahman bin Awf radiallahu anhu bin Saad bin Rabi radiallahu anhu says this to him, he says, Barakallahu laka fi ahlika wa malik. Allah give you barakat in your family, 
and Allah give you barakat in your wealth. Just point me to the marketplace. I don't want anything from you. This was the shan of istighnayat of Sahaba Ikram. Total, complete dependence and reliance on Allah. I will not stretch my hand out to any of the makhluk, nor will I ask assistance from any of the makhluk. So like I said, my respected brothers, this month of Ramadan, this is our training. One is to make mash, to bring these qualities within our lives. And then to make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Ask from Allah, beg from Allah. Let Allah give us these qualities, give us this himmat, give us this courage. And very, very important, my respected brothers, as I mentioned, is the cleanliness of the heart. Get rid of the male. Get rid of the filth and the dirt that is in the heart. Keep on trying. Keep on trying. Keep the heart clean. Keep the heart clean. Keep the heart clean. Keep Allah in front. Keep Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa in front. Aisha radiallahu anhu, when she was asked about the akhlaq of Rasulullah, the first thing what she said, today we said, a lot of people say, I want to practice on sunnah. I want to practice on sunnah. They ask him, what sunnah? He say, you know what, before you eat, when you're starting your meal, you must have something sweet. Whether that is sunnah or not is doubtful. Because Nabi Salaam, there was never, never any variety that you're going to say that every time the Nabi Salaam has something sweet before he ate. Sunnah, this is sunnah. The oh, mother of the believers described the akhlaq and character of Rasulullah So What did she say? First thing, she said, Man taqaman nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallama li nafsihi. This fire of revenge did not burn in the chest of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa never sought revenge for any wrong that was done to him. This is sunnah. And this is what will make you beloved in the hearts of people. And this is what will bring effect in your dawah. And will make you a means, Allah will use you as a means of the hidayat of people if you bring this cleanliness the heart. If you let get rid of the gas of the heart, the hatred of the heart, the jealousy of the heart, we'll be carrying this baggage all the time. He did this, that one did this, that one is like this, this one is like that. When you carry that baggage, my respected brothers, the one who suffers the most is yourself. You're not affecting the next person, you're affecting yourself. So Islam has given us a beautiful way Keep the heart clean. Mamla is between you and Allah. Allah is not going to question you about him. Allah is going to question you about yourself. Man aslaha. Recently, Mala Ibrahim Sahib, Barakatu, was in our country. Almost every bayan he mentioned this hadith. Where Rasulullah said, Man aslaha ma baynahu wa bayna Allah. Aslaha Allahu ma baynahu wa bayna khalqi. Correct your relationship with Allah and leave everything else to Allah. Get your affair right with Allah. Stop worrying about he did this and that one did this and this one is doing that and that. This is shaitan's game to get you worried about all that. The shan of iman is to internalize. Look within yourself. Don't look outside. Stop blaming everyone else. Humanity is suffering, Ummah is suffering because of that and this one and that one. Look within yourself. Nabi Islam said, the one who corrects his relationship with Allah, Allah will correct his relationship with the rest of the creation. So do what you are supposed to do and then leave it to Allah.
this is very, very important, my respected brothers, that we internalize, look within ourselves, correct ourselves. Apne islah, your islah, your reformation is farz ain is a direct incumbent injunction of sharia. Allah use you for the guidance of others, this is our tamanna and desires, but your own islah is farz ain So focus on yourself. Allah give us tawfiq.